Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. My name is Joel, um, and this morning I'm going to preach a message called Peace Within Me. Um, we're going to, uh, the next couple of weeks, just focus a little bit more on the Christmas story and a little bit just about... God's position towards us. So this morning we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. If you want to grab your Bible, uh, Luke chapter 2, or your version app on your phone, I'm going to read from the ESV. Um, it's going to be a good morning together. You made it here. And I am proud of you. If no one else is, I am. You made it. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. We're going to go through 8 to 14. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Everybody say good news. Good news. Now say great joy. Great joy. That's what this season's all about. It's about the good news of Jesus coming and the great joy that we can have because of it. That will be for all the people. For unto us, sorry, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. On earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. What does peace on earth look like to you? I think everybody has a, uh, if we were to question everybody this morning, they'd all have a little bit different answers of what peace on earth looks like to everyone. I, I think sometimes we actually have the wrong, we, we, we lack peace because we have the wrong idea of what peace on earth would look like. For some people, peace on earth would be a number in their bank account. You know? For, for, for some people, uh, peace on earth would be feeling a certain way all the time. You know, it's like, if I could just feel how I feel at yoga class all the time, I would have peace on earth. Uh, for some people, peace on earth would be the way that everybody treats them. Like they would get to a certain stature in life that people would treat them a specific way. Or maybe for you, peace on earth would look like your health situation being figured out, which I'm sure is difficult. For some people, peace on earth would be that they would start thinking different ways or stop thinking certain ways, overthinking. You ever overthink things? I know I do. Man, I'm tired of it. You ever like go through a job interview and you're like, why did I say that? You know what I'm talking about? The end, the end of the interview, the, the guy puts out their, their, their hand for, to shake yours and, and you put out the fist to pound and you're like, oh my gosh. And it's, it comes together, you do the turkey. You're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? You're overthinking it. I'm never getting that job now after I went through that interview with that person. Or maybe for you, uh, peace on earth or, or the thing you're overthinking is the, the first time you met your in-laws. 
You know, and you're just like, why did I say those things? Why did I act this way? Did anybody go through like a bad situation when they first met their in-laws? The first time I met my father-in-law, he's with uh, one of his best friends and his best friend had two Budweiser cans stuck to his head. He was a bald guy. It was a great way to meet your in-laws. But we go through these important uh, encounters in life and uh, we might not act the way we were hoping we act. We freeze up. You ever met somebody that you really admired or a famous person and you just like froze up and you didn't know what to say? You're like, oh, why did I say that? Um, recently, there's this, there's this guy that I follow on Instagram, and to me, he's a big deal, okay? Not to everybody, he might not be a big deal, but to me, I've known who he was since I was like a young teenager, and I've always thought he was really cool, and I follow him on Instagram, I think he's really funny, and I just look up to him, he's a pastor, um, and he, he was, you know, involved in worship bands for years, I just thought he was cool. So he put this little post up, and I loved the post, and so I shared the post, and to my surprise, he messages me. And he's like, hey man, thanks so much for sharing my post. I appreciate it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're buddies now. <laughs> and I don't know what came over me. I got excited about his message and I type out this like paragraph of what I think of him and how I just look up to him and appreciate him. And I sent him this thing and immediately I'm like, what have I done? Why, I was just freaking out. I worded some stuff out. I didn't want to word it. And sure enough, I opened the message and I look and it just says scene. And I'm like, come on, man, give me a like, give me something, nothing. And so after some time, I'm feeling a little bit insecure about the situation. And uh, sure enough, in my overthinking and running it through my head, I think, I'm just gonna clear some stuff up about the last post. <laughs> And I type out another little thing, like, hey, man, just, I just want to, I, I meant to say it this way, and sure enough, scene. No like, nothing. Come on, man. Overthinking. Why did I word it like that? Why did I say this? Come on, we've been through this. And it, it, it messes with our peace. Henry Nouwen says this, the real enemies of our life are the oughts, and the ifs. They pull us backward into an unalterable past and forward into the unpredictable future. But real life takes place in the here and now. And one thing I find hard about the Christmas season is not living up to the expectations that you had for yourself at the start of the year that we're sometimes disappointed with ourselves. What, I have 20 days left? I have to save up $30,000 in that 20 days. <laughs> like, it leads to inner conflict. But what did Jesus promise for those he's pleased with? He gives us peace. Why does he give us peace? Because just like we have compassion on those little children that we saw up here this morning, Jesus has compassion on us. That's his response to us. He sees our suffering and he responds to it. And all through the Bible, when there's so many times that it, it, it touches on, like through the Gospels, it touches on Jesus' healing ministry. He had a wonderful healing ministry. And often that healing is tied to the word compassion. It's often tied to the word peace, that this is his desire for us, 
even as I was writing this message, I read, was reading Luke chapter two and, and that thought came through my mind that he heals from a place of compassion. And so literally in five minutes, I just started flipping through just one gospel, Luke chapter two, Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke, Luke, and just started flipping through to see if I can find examples for you as quick as humanly possible. Luke chapter seven, there's a widow, her son, he has compassion on her, raised him from the dead. Uh, Luke chapter seven, uh, a woman has great sin in her life. And, and she, you know, comes to Jesus. Jesus says, go in peace. Your sins have been forgiven. That's his desire for her. Luke chapter eight. Again, this is just quickly finding this stuff. Um, there's a woman who grabs his cloak and, and she gets healing from that. She needs healing, had an issue of blood. He says, go in peace. Um, your, your faith has made you well. Luke chapter 10, he's talking about the good Samaritan. And he says that he has compassion on the man on the side of the road. Luke chapter 15, uh, the prodigal son, the dad has compassion on the son. That Jesus is trying to communicate to us that he has compassion for us and he, that, that he wants peace in our lives. And Christmas is a reminder that God's response to us is compassion. And so if God wants you to have peace, through Jesus, what would God's enemy want for your life? His enemy would want the opposite. He would want you to have conflict. He'd want you to have turmoil. He'd want you to overthink. He would want it to be a mess in your mind. It's important to remember that he's God's enemy and he's God's opposite, but he's not God's equal. I just tell you, you have every power over the enemy. That it's not something you have to be afraid of, or scared of, or build up in your mind. He may be God's opposite, but he certainly is not God's equal. And what happens is we develop this lack of compassion towards ourselves, and it's directly tied to an abundance of conflict in our minds. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? And part of this is it's just playing into the enemy's plan. Again, it's not something to be scared of. It's just to be aware of. The enemy wants you distracted. He wants you to, to, be, to be distracted, and you get distracted with all of your mistakes and focusing on where you've done wrong. And then when you're distracted, his next step is for you to become isolated. We take our focus off God's goodness and all the goodness that's around us, and we put it on what's wrong with us inside of us. And then we start to isolate ourselves. We start to pull away from people. And this is the perfect plan of the enemy. Why? Because it's so much easier to lie to you when you're isolated. It's so much easier to lie to you when you don't have community telling you that that's a lie. When you don't have the word of God telling you that's a lie. What happens? Sometimes I mess with my kids. I'll say, you got something on your face. When we're alone, I can tell them whatever they want. They're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Why? Because I, I can lie to them when they're, when they're alone. But when they're with their siblings, right? They're like, no, he doesn't have anything on his face. Dad, you're messing with us. And that's the same thing the enemy does to you. This is just a silly little thing. I don't lie to my kids about a lot of stuff besides Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> But the enemy wants you distracted and isolated. A perfect sort of formula that we can see for this um, is in the story of Samson in the Bible. Quickly, Samson had this long hair. He got his power from God through that. Samson gets distracted with a woman named Delilah, and he, he gets distracted, and she gets him isolated, not around anybody else. What happens? He, she, she's able to wreak havoc on his life, cut off his hair, which is, was how he got his power from God, because he was first distracted, then isolated, then it wreaks, she wreaked havoc on, havoc on his life. I feel like maybe God is doing that to me slowly. If my power came from my hair, I'd lose a little bit more every day. <laughs> I don't know, Lord. Help me with this. But it's in the Bible, John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But why did Jesus come? That 
I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus goes on after this verse explaining that his role in our life is the role of a shepherd. And what do shepherds do? They see what you don't see. They pull you out of isolation. Another uh, part of the Bible, it says he, he goes after the one lost sheep. He doesn't want you isolated. He comes, come back. He'll, he'll leave the 99 to go find that one that's isolated and bring them back. What is Jesus' motivation? His motivation is that you'd have life to the full, that you'd have peace within you. He's motivated by compassion. So how do we receive peace within us? We're gonna quickly just go through a little story here about a guy named Paul. And when Paul, his name used to be Saul, when he was Saul, he encountered Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, he became blind for three days. And Jesus gives him instruction, go to this house and this guy's gonna come to you. And uh, so he goes to this house and this guy named Ananias, uh, this is in Acts chapter 9, 17 and 19, what happens? So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight and he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you start to see more clearly. Now in this verse, There's a literal example of this, but we need this figuratively in our lives because we get messed up. We don't have peace. We overthink things. And and Jesus came to give us peace, to help calm us down, to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can see clearly. This verse is literally, we need this figuratively too. You know, I've told this story many times in church before, but I, I just made a mess of my life for a year of my life. I walked away from God. I walked away from family. And my family was praying for me. My brothers were believing for me. I had a lot of people in my life who loved me, who lifted me up in prayer. And and they continue to do that. But you know what? It wasn't until just a quick moment with the Holy Spirit that everything changed in me. Man, that people have been believing for me, lifting me up, praying for the best for me. But I just found myself in this little church one Sunday morning. I just felt the Holy Spirit come on me. And it wasn't like I had just a a list of instructions to change. It was just that when I started to feel that love, I started to realize, wow, God's so good. Wow, God has a great plan for my life. Wow, God forgives me. Man, God God hasn't changed his mind about me. There's still a future for me. There's still more for the things that happen. There's still God's promises for my future. And a moment with the Holy Spirit can change everything. Can I just encourage you today, if you've been praying for somebody who's kind of lost their way, who's, who's wandered away from God, who's in a little bit of a mess of their lives, and maybe you're feeling discouraged this morning, keep praying. You never know what the Holy Spirit's up to. Keep asking God to come and ask God for that person to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. If we can learn all kinds of stuff, that's great. But a moment with the Holy Spirit can change everything in a person's heart in a moment. The presence of the Holy Spirit brings peace within you. Can I just ask you this question this morning? What presence is allowed within you? What's the presence that you're allowing within you? Within your home, within your car, within your workplace. So often, we wake up, jump on social media, turn on the news, hop in the car, listen to Taylor Swift on the drive, (laughs) take in some gossip over lunch, Oh, did you hear? Oh my gosh. Come home, watch a murder show on Netflix before bed. And then we wonder, 
why am I so anxious? Why am I so stressed out all the time? I'm just going through a dry season. Like, where is God? And maybe Taylor has a point. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't entertain yourself from time to time. I'm not saying that, you know, everything outside of whatever, uh, the four walls of the church is evil. Like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a life and you shouldn't have fun and whatever. Um, but we got to consider what presence we're allowing in here. How much of the, the culture has just been allowed to just permeate what's going on inside of us? How much are we just dwelling on our past mistakes, on situations with people that we have, you know, conflict and, and, and drama with? How much are we allowing that to just like sit in there and fester away and, and not asking the presence of God to come and be with us? You know, even this week, oddly enough, I was struggling with a lack of peace. And as we did our staff prayer on Thursdays, as we always do, four o'clock on Thursdays, I just literally felt the presence of the Holy Spirit for 10 seconds. Like it was literally that quick. It was like a switch. Boom, presence of God. Boom, that was it. It was like in and out. It was like a quick vending machine, you know? It was just like, <laughs> here's your presence, I'm out of here. Um, but it's crazy the peace you can have from a moment in the presence of God. And for Paul, he's blind for three days. And just a touch of the Holy Spirit, he can see again. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, to bring peace within you. The presence of the Holy Spirit shows you a love that helps you let go of unforgiveness, bitterness, overthinking. The presence of the Holy Spirit takes your eyes off of you and puts it onto the shepherd, the protector. We don't have peace because we take our eyes off of Jesus. We're blind to his goodness. We get our eyes on us, on our plans, on how we wanted things to go, on how people have done us wrong, which we'll talk more about that next week, on dwelling on the past, on oh, what could have been or if I could have said this differently. And if you're not seeing his promise, uh, can I tell you, you need a fresh encounter. If you're not seeing his promise in your life of peace, you need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. And following Jesus is just as much about this feeling, this presence of God, as it is about knowing who he is. About learning him from the word that he gave us, the instruction that said, you can learn me from the presence of the Holy Spirit, but learn me from this. Learn who I am from the words I gave you. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mind, you're going some crazy places. I need to renew you. That by testing, you may discern what's the will of God. So I think that's, that's there's times we get messed up because we just don't know what the will of God is. We get pulled left and right and whatever direction it is because we're not renewing ourselves daily. I just got a secret for you. That renewal's never gonna end. You talk to people, you know, we had a pastor in a couple weeks ago with three theology degrees. That renewal never ends. He's still learning stuff new, right? There's no ending to it. There's so, I've just seen this in the faithfulness of my parents. 
just con continuing to lead this church for 30 years. Constant renewal of the mind. Get the, you're speaking junk out of you, kids. We need the word of God into you. They, they put the word of God into us, growing, growing us up as kids. So we discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. The word of God brings peace within you. If you're struggling with peace, struggling with compassion towards yourself, get the word of God in your life. Something simple. Just, just write out, grab a verse that speaks to your specific thing. Whatever you're going through, grab it, write it out, and speak it over your struggle. Grab it, put it in, on a mirror, put it in your car, put it on your desk at work, put it everywhere where you're going to encounter that scripture, that it's not just up to you to open your phone or your Bible and make sure you read, but that you place it in front of you because there's all sorts of other things placed in front of you. Get the word of God in front of you so you renew your mind. Yeah. Isaiah 40, 29, just simple stuff like this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You feel weak every day. You feel like you don't have enough strength to get through that day. You speak that over your life. He's gonna give you power in your weakness. Psalm 145, nine. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he's made. He's made you and me, so he has compassion on us. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for, you're believing for something. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you received it and it will be yours. Come on now. Speak that over your life as you pray it. First Peter 2, uh, 24. By his wounds, we've been healed. You're going through something. You just pray, God, it's by your stripes. Jesus, you were whipped specifically so I'd be healed, so I wouldn't be going through this thing. You speak that over that illness. Obviously, we're gonna consult doctors. Obviously, we're gonna do wise things as well, but we're also gonna get the word of God in there and not just leave it up to those people. We're gonna get supernatural healing as well, and we speak that over that situation. Deuteronomy 28, 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall go up and not down. If you're feeling uh, like, you know, life is getting you down, you just speak that. I am the head and not the tail. I'm going up. I'm going up at work. I'm going up in my family. I'm going up in my neighborhood. I'm going up in my family. People are going to see me. I'm going to be an influence for Jesus, not so I can glorify myself, so I can glorify God. He's going to make me the head and not the tail. Come on. Can I get an amen this morning? Because we agree with the word of God and what he's going to do in and through our lives. When you, when you read scripture, when you read what scripture says, you'll start to agree with and believe what Scripture says. You start reading it out loud, you'll start believing it in your heart. Get these verses in your head and in your heart, and all of a sudden, you'll notice the peace of God within you. Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So start speaking life out of you, and in the same breath, we need life speaking into us from others as well. So obviously we stay connected to those who are far from God because we love them, because they're God's children, because we, we, you know, we, we, we're in their life for a reason. We're the only Jesus that some people know. But you need to have a good community supporting you as well. If you're gonna make it in this world, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You need good people around you that are gonna speak wise things to you. You need good community, you also need good counseling. Wise counsel brings peace within you. Get some counseling that will speak Jesus into you. There's a lot of TikTok, Instagram counselors out there. And I'll just be honest, some of them are really good. Like some of them are really good, but none of them speak to you specifically and are hearing what you're going through specifically. And another thing I've noticed 
as, as the, you know, the world of counseling grows a little bit, is that there's a lot of wussy counselors out there who are willing to sit there and lick your wounds with you. Get some counseling in your life that will tell you what Jesus sees in you and says about you. Get some counseling in your life that will speak the truth about, so there, there's professionals out there who are full of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about the degree they have on the wall. It's about the fact that they're full of the Holy Spirit and they can speak to you and be the voice of God in your life. We have no peace because we have no compassion. The reason there's conflict in our mind is we don't show ourselves compassion so often. We can be so easy on other people and so hard on ourselves. Enemy's plan is to get your eyes off of God and your eyes off onto you. I can't believe you did that again. I can't believe you made that mistake again. Didn't you learn? You need to get your eyes onto God and off of you. And what I found for good counseling is good counseling will help you see the mess you're making in your mind. What they will do is they will help us because so often we miscategorize our mistakes. We, we make mistakes and we think they're a 10. We're like, my life is over. And you tell good community or good counselors what you're going through. They're like, that was a one. That was nothing. Let's move on. God's got bigger and better things for you to move on with. They'll help you categorize your mistakes. We need an outside source to tell us, you've got some food on your face, man. When you allow someone into the isolation that's happening in your mind, you allow someone into the battle and they will help you shut down the lies of the enemy you'll start to get that peace within you. The peace that God promised. And like we talked about at the start of this talk, maybe the reason we're not experiencing peace is we just have the wrong idea of what it is. And so we look around the world and we see chaos. You know, we see it messes. It's, there's, there's horrible things that happen out there. It does, it's, it's terrible. And we go, Jesus, where are you? You're supposed to fix all this. If God is real, why are these bad things happening? And Jesus, he, it's not like he came and he's just gonna fix all these things, like just pulling strings magically because we have free will. But what he came for is he came to give you peace. It's not about fixing necessarily every wrong thing in the world. He fixes and he comes and he dwells in, the Holy Spirit dwells in the individual. He came to give you peace. And now we can go make peace on earth. But we don't sit there and go, God, where are you? We, we, we say, God, come. Holy Spirit, dwell within me. Give me peace. We're God's people. This is part of the package as a believer that peace can be internal while conflict, chaos, and division are external. As you start to believe that, it might make time with your family over Christmas a lot easier. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, I was flipping through this thing 
going, oh God, just speak to me on the pages of this thing. I went, you know, and, and flipping through Luke and looking through these examples. All of a sudden I'm like, yes, Jesus came to, you know, he has compassion on us. He came to give us peace. And then I come across Luke chapter 12, 51, and the heading says, not peace, but division. I'm like, Jesus, don't get in the way of my message. I'm trying to write here. I don't have time for this nonsense. What's he talking about? He goes on to talk about as a believer, when you follow Jesus, there's, there's gonna be division. There's gonna be stuff that comes up between you and the world. And that is okay. We're okay. He even says in the family, there's gonna be people against you. That's okay. It's not like we start division. It's not like we go in and go, I'm a Christian. I'm gonna ruin Christmas for everyone. No, no, like we're not, we're not trying to do that. We're not, we're not trying to do that. But it's just the... It's just the promise of Jesus that as there's conflict and chaos around you, there can be peace within you. And division, it's not for the church, but it's for us in the world. And as the church, we, we love each other. We, we go towards Jesus together. We're a community. In Acts chapter 9, 31, it talks about the early church and says that the, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had, that's that word again, peace and was being built up. Walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And the context of this verse is the church is in the middle of being persecuted and in the middle of all that, they did not lose their peace. They could have been sitting there going, Jesus, you're supposed to bring peace on earth and we're being persecuted. No, they allowed the peace to be inner within them. There was chaos around them, but the comfort of the Holy Spirit was in them. There was peace in them. You can have peace in your mind in your, and in your heart while there's chaos all around you. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to be healed from what happened to you, even physically or relationally. Jesus wants healing. Why? He has a heart of compassion towards us. The Holy Spirit will comfort us if we make room for him to do it. He wants you healed. God's peace is given, not because we have this goodwill, because we're just these good people and we do good things, but because of God's goodwill towards us. That's why peace is here. One scholar said this on Luke chapter two. This was his response. Peace expresses the nature of salvation as the restoration of good relations between God and sinful people and the consequent reception of his blessings. Jesus came not to guarantee us peace externally, but he will bring you peace internally. And like Paul, we can have a moment with him and we can start to see the goodness of God again. One moment in the Holy Spirit, like I talked about earlier, can change so much in your life. You can try and act right. You can try and get stuff all together and whatever. But can I just tell you, 10 seconds in the presence of God can change everything for you start to bring peace. And you can get that peace. You just, hey, you get the word of God. You get the presence of God. You get the people of God. It'll bring you peace. It's a feeling and a knowing of who God is. Who's forming your inner world? Is your past forming your inner world? Is it, is it social media? Is it the news that's allowed to form our inner world? Is, is it like I talked about Netflix? Again, 
I'll go home and watch The Grinch on Netflix. I'm all good with that. But I'm not gonna allow that to be the formation of my heart. I'm not gonna be allow, allow that to form my life. Is it some influencer or whatever? We want spiritual formation. It's, there's a spiritual formation that has to happen within us in our souls that we get the word of God, the presence of God, and the people of God. Can, you, can I just ask you to stand today as we close uh, this service together? I could continue to speak to what I think is going on and what is probably going on in your life. But can we just take one minute right now out of the busyness and the chaos of this world, away from our phones, the team can come on up. Um, and uh, can we just take a moment? And if you're a follower of Jesus in the room, would you just bow your head, close your eyes, don't allow yourself to be distracted by your phone. Take it out of your pocket if you need to, just so we can focus on the presence of God right now. If you just would just put your hands in front of you, just lift them up towards heaven. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit right now to speak. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. take a moment this morning and just pray for healing. That some of us need some healing uh, from some, the word I'm feeling is like social rejection. That there's someone who's made you feel a certain way that you don't belong and, and you've uh, you're just broken on the inside. You do things that you don't want to do because you just want to be accepted. We're gonna pray for healing for that. We're gonna pray for healing in relationships. There's so many people who've just gone through so much relationally and you just need healing. You just need the presence of God. You just need a moment with the Holy Spirit to speak to you or someone else. It's just like the only way that this thing is gonna get fixed is a miracle. 
We're gonna pray for that. And then we're gonna pray for physical healing all at once. We're just gonna pray for the, just the word healing. And what, what, as we pray for that, we lift up our faith knowing that God heals, not because we deserve it. God heals from a place of compassion. That this is his position towards us. He loves us. He sent his son. Why? Out of a place of compassion. Just feeling like as we, as I was writing this last night, I did, don't worry, I didn't write all this last night. Dad, it's okay. I wrote it before, I promise. Um, sorry, I'm getting off. Uh, but uh, just feeling last night, Actually, I'm not going to tell that story. Um, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for healing. And maybe you prayed for healing for a physical thing before, and you just feel like, like God, why? I just tell you, it's not his promise that, that you'd be in pain, that he, he, he can heal. Just lift up your faith today. And we're going to pray in a moment. Just uh, as with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just people respecting those around you. Just put your hand on the place that you'd like God to, uh, to move today. And I'm just going to lift up all these requests to him in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead. Let's lift our faith together. You can pray out loud if you'd like to. You can lift your heavenly language if you'd like to. And I'm just going to pray over you right now. Jesus, thank you so much for, for paying for paying for this healing, going through the pain that you were specifically whipped for our healing. And so we're just believing that over these physical situations, this pain people are living through. God, right now, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you heal? We just ask for supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. We speak death to disease, death to cancer, death to illness in Jesus' name. We just thank you for the presence of God right now. Jesus, thank you for this healing in your name. By your stripes, we're healed. We speak to, to limbs, to tendons right now, tendons that would just be miraculously woven back together and corrected the issues in them. God, would you heal scar tissue that's causing pain in Jesus' name, whatever it may be. We just pray over it right now, Lord God, we lift it to you and we believe that you're the God who did miracles in the Bible and you're the God who still is the same today, that you're still continuing to do miracles and healing in so many lives. So thank you for the physical healing that is taking place right now. We pray right now over relationships, over personalities, over people that just feel broken right now. I just pray for a wholeness in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, would your presence come right now? We just believe that, that there'd be healing over whatever it is people are going through in families, in marriages, in Jesus' name, between, between children and parents, in Jesus' name. God, we just pray for healing that needed to happen years ago. The stuff that we've gone through years ago, God, would you heal it in Jesus' name? Pray for people who've been acting in a certain way because someone has made them feel like they weren't enough, like they, they couldn't be loved or something like that, Lord. We just pray you'd heal them in Jesus' name. Just pray for moments of the Holy Spirit that, to come and to comfort and to guide us and to get us back on track with the plan and the purpose you have for our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray for one last person this morning. One last group of people that uh, you need peace between you and God. We're talking about that inner peace today. And you need that peace between you and God. Can I just tell you, Jesus came into this world. He died on the cross for you, for you to easily accept peace with God. He just made a way. That way was him. And maybe today you're, you're feeling separate from God, feeling like you haven't handed things over to him, you haven't trusted him, or you've fallen away, you've pulled things back. You need to do a recommitment to him. 
Today, I'm just gonna ask all of the believers, everybody who calls Celebration Church home to repeat a prayer after me. We're doing that to pray with you. And the Bible says, all you gotta do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Eternal life is sure for you. So you can just go ahead and pray with me right now. You say, Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, living a perfect life and dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe that you are Lord. And from now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for all God has done here today? Amen. Awesome. You can go ahead and be seated. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we just want to say congratulations. You've just made the best decision. It's going to change the rest of your life. But hey, today is just the beginning as you move forward now, as you begin this journey with Christ. And we want to be able to help you as that, as you move forward with your relationship with Jesus. Earlier in the service, we talked about how you can text that word CONNECT to 587-803-3022. It's also on the seat backs. And on the forum there, make sure you indicate that you've committed your life to Christ today. Because again, we just want to get in contact with you and let you know how we can help you as you begin your relationship with Jesus. Well, we're going to take a moment just to acknowledge our giving as our as our calendar year comes to an end. We just want to say thank you for your continued faithfulness and generosity through your tithes and offerings this year, just making it possible every Sunday for us to share the message of Jesus. And if you're participating in giving today, there's multiple ways you can do that. You can use the envelopes and the seat backs and use the drop-offs at the back of the auditorium. You can also give after the service at guest services or the self-serve giving stations. And you can also give online at any time at celebrationedmonton.com. Can we just all bow our heads and let's pray over our giving? God, we just thank you for who you are, Lord God. We just thank you that you are a good God, Lord. We thank you that you are the provider, Lord. And today we just give out of a heart of just faithfulness, obedience, and trust as we worship you through our giving. We pray this in your name, amen. Hey, let's all stand to our feet and let's worship together. invite cards with you this week and use them. If you came for a prayer today and you'd like somebody to be able to pray with you, there's a team at the back that would love to be able to do that. Other than that, have a great Sunday.
Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.